Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Hi, it's Jake again. I am once again so excited to have you here. So excited for you to hear this episode. The guest this week is one of my dear friends and one of my favorite New York City comedians. Her name is Melissa Rich. Melissa is one of the people who I feel like Melissa is so emblematic of what it means to me to go out in New York. She is fun. She is good energy. She is kind. She is generous. And she is always down to keep the night going and for an adventure and i've never not had an incredible night with her truly it's always it's always a fucking ride um we talked about so many different things on this episode we talk about fire island we talk about steak it's heaven um and i can't wait for you to listen if you want to check out more of melissa she is the host of two podcasts herself uh one is called chic nyc where she kind of just recaps her New York City life and also has recently been recapping every episode of And Just Like That. I have been a guest on two episodes to talk about that show. It has been very fun. She also hosts a podcast that's on hiatus right now called Hose With Feelings, which she co-hosts with Carolina Teresa, a fantastic comedian who is also going to be a guest on this show. If you want to check her out, her Instagram handle is Melissa underscore Rich underscore and I highly recommend it. Melissa is the fucking best. This episode is so fun. So please enjoy me going out with Melissa Rich. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. Uh, well, I'm very happy to have you here. Oh my God, I'm thrilled. Because the second, what the craziest, the funniest thing is that you and I have become very close friends over the past year. Yes. But then. And all- only the past year, which is hilarious which is yeah it's kind of weird because it's one of those like condensed friendships where because of like the circumstances of the time I think it was like a lot a lot more closeness we happened got close fast, yes. we got close fast and then of course vine pair is the one that's like so you if we're gonna do the show about this <laughs> we got to get Melissa involved and I was like wait how do you how do you know about my friend and <laughs> wait and it's just I know my friend <laughs> you know my friend yeah but because I, I think that mostly just speaks to how synonymous with going out in New York Melissa Riches. Oh my God. I mean, well, when I tell you I was violently hung over today, Jake, I hope you take me seriously I, because <laughs> it was, it was so the worst I've had in quite some time. Okay. And there was no way I was not coming here, but let me tell you, it was a struggle. God bless. God Thank bless. You. And I know you're a pro because I, and I sense you were hung over because in <laughs> this room right now with the, with the listeners can't see, we already have two beverages at the table, which is the sign <laughs> oh of someone who's hung over is like the multiple liquids. I'm such an easy tell. What? Walk me through your night. Like, how sure, did we get here? Sure. Well, I I actually had a show. I had a comedy show in the Lower East Side. It was, you know, to me, ideal 10-minute walk from my house. I'm going to be Gorged. in, out, done. Our friend Dexter, who was in Fire Island with us, we love Dexter Driscoll, decides to come to the show. Great. I'm already like, this is kind of a kiss of death for a comedy show. If a non-comedy friend comes to the show, it's going to be bad. Like your performance you or yes. like, or I just mean like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Should I have them come? A hundred percent. How is the show going to be? And of course, 
There's such an interesting thing violently as a comedian. Bad. Yeah, violently bad. Violent you so we bombed. Brutal. Oh no, I was good, but the show <laughs> the show itself was bad. Oh, There's I see five what people you're saying. in the audience. I didn't know I knew one other person on the lineup and I just kind of selfishly was like, I want to see you, so come. But I was like, I 100%. know I'm like inviting you into the lion's den of brutal. You're talking to someone who did improv for five years. So whatever you've done you, to your friends, you you've understand. done I've done so yes. much worse. Yes. Like I've done so much worse. But the thing I okay, I'm glad you brought this up and like because that is the thing I don't think non-comedy people understand mm. is when I post like come to this show, I'm I not talking it. to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I talking to my friends. <laughs> like if you know me personally, you need to ask. Like if a friend of Should mine like just shoots right. a text that's like, "Hey, I bought tickets to this show." It's different if I'm producing the show. If it's I my show, cuz I have I'm selling it. In, yes, get your fucking exactly. ass to my show. Exactly. If I'm on someone else's show and I post like, "Come, don't come." Don't come. <laughs> don't come. To be fair, Dexter asked, can I come? Uh, I okay. said yes. And that's totally acceptable. And that's acceptable. Not on my part. The Not on my part. Like, I no. should have been more honest. You should have been more honest. But the, because the text that's like, hey, I bought tickets to this show is like, no, you, oh no, you can't do that. Oh, though. God. Like, yeah. Because the room might be off. And it's like, I don't want you to like, sometimes I'm not doing comedy in like a room that I necessarily like am right. thrilled to be in. Like that's, and that's not my problem. And I suspected, problem. but gorgeous room. Hotel, rooftop, you know what I mean? Oh. And I don't want to sh talk shit on this show at all because I'm grateful every goddamn time I'm on a microphone. But <laughs> I wish, you know, that maybe <laughs> there was- um, My AirPods shoot out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. As uh, the comedy gods uh, completely shun us. Whatever. So I felt I, you know, A, was excited to see Dexter. B, totally. I'm like, so sorry about this. Let's have fun. I owe you a fun experience after this. So we walk 10 minutes to Club Coming. God bless. Just to see what's going on. And it's like a cabaret or no, not cabaret, karaoke. Oh. I'm hungover. A karaoke, a live I was karaoke so excited. Thing. I got, well, oh, live is better. Live is back. better. I take it back. It was karaoke when we walked in, people were going up and singing, and then it was just the guy at the piano. So it ultimately was guy at a piano. Okay. So that was fun. Gorge. That was fun. I, you know, what are we drinking? did a little twirl. Well, that's the issue. Jim Martini right off the bat. <laughs> you, you're speaking my language. What the fuck am I doing? Not eating dinner and then just being like, yeah, I'll do a Jim Martini too. And Club Coming's a space where Jim Martini sort of actually is more just like a nine ounce glass of gin. Like it's not- 1000%. <laughs> well, and then like I help out with a song because the guy was fucking up Take Me Home Country Roads and I <laughs> give him the lines for the bridge like a goddamn champion. <laughs> ally at the bar and, <laughs> and he's like what are you drinking let's get her a shot i go gin and everyone's like ah. and i'm like no give me a shot of gin i'm drinking gin don't give me yeah. a shot everyone's like you can't do a shot of gin i'm like i have and i will and i'll continue to do so i'll continue to do it bartender's like no no way pours me tequila i'm like i'm not drinking that gave it to a stranger but i'm drinking a shot of gin i'm literally drinking a chill uh, shake up some gin with some ice and put it in a glass, in a tiny glass, and I'm drinking a tiny martini. For, that's a shot of gin. I would say gin of the, of the of the the classic spirits, like your rum, your vodka, your tequila, your gin. I would say gin is the most divisive because it's like a scented candle of a liqueur. Absolutely, like it's gorgeous. It's my favorite of them all. I, I agree. A gin martini is my ultimate drink. However, is it really? Absolutely. Not, oh yeah, we have been gin and sodaing. We're yes, gin and soda girls right, too. Right. If I'm doing so, my my mixed drink is a gin and soda always. Oh my god! And when you were getting liquor for Fire Island, I was like, 
and maybe gin. And you were like, thank God. Fuck, because, yes. Someone because said something. All the girls. You, Vodka, tequila. Tequila. These gays in the tequila. Oh, like, my God. So, Melissa and I, for the listener, Melissa and I did Fire Island together this summer. Yes. I took it upon myself to use my wholesale access to buy a very large sum Which of Which tells booze. you we were pros start to finish. Absolutely. When I tell you this was a perfect trip, it literally was a, it perfect, was a perfect trip. trip. It was a perfect trip. It had sort of every element you want, which is like it was, even in the ways it wasn't imperfect, were the what made it feel completely perfect. whole. Like they, yeah. were, they were the salt that made it properly seasoned. 1,000%. Um, it was so gorgeous. We showed up to this house with, I think, how much? I think I had brought cases 15 liters of cases. wine and a case of liquor. And when I tell you we went on the ferry with all of it, <laughs> like, and not like, oh, we have a little rolly dolly thing. I suggested that we, <laughs> I don't even know if I should say what I called it, but I called it. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa calls me and goes, do you think we get, should get, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Who is a bisexual woman? Said, I "Do you think I should?" <laughs> calls me. She goes, completely earnest. Goes, I'm thinking we should probably procure some sort of lesbian wagon for the liquor on the ferry. <laughs> and I that said, "That is a direct quote, unfortunately." <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and you knew what I meant, though. Yeah, I knew what you meant, and I was like, like <laughs> "I think we should just carry it because the wagon is going to be difficult." And I think you were ultimately right. We should have because carrying the boxes was. <laughs> kind of absolutely harrowing like it and was. it was also there was a sort of a simulating thing where we timed <laughs> we timed the ferry slightly off so um, we had to kill like no an we hour. didn't time it off i was late i oh. was fully an <laughs> hour late because and maybe this is, more than an hour melissa late. and i are in the car with our friend david odyssey and frank melissa's partner is driving <laughs> us we are supposed to get to the ferry for like 1 p.m. I get a text at 11:30 that says, "I'm actually going to run and get a quick wax. Don't worry, I'll be on time." And I was like, "We're getting the we're the five o'clock ferry. Like, there's no world." I've never gone to Fire Island and taken the ferry that I'm planned on taking. Absolutely, ever. I've never done that, and I've spent hours at that goddamn restaurant waiting for the ferries, and it's usually fun, but it's. I'm so late every so, single time. So then we had to sit at this restaurant with three cases of liquor at the table, eating like BLTs. Like our luggage is filling the room. Like more and more people are coming in as the ferry time nears. And it's always the ferry where it's like, oh, actually it skips this hour. The next one's in two hours. And you're like, oh, I fucking hate you, Melissa. And that's fair. Um, yeah, it was... I think people were ultimately impressed, though, that we brought that much shit. No, I mean, everyone on the ferry was, like, actually good move. Because the way that everything on that island costs... Oh, my God. The inflation is the beyond... The inflation is insane. It's beyond anything I've ever encountered. Yeah. What would you say for... What would you say is your pro tips for Fire Island? Like, if you're mm. going to make it... A, like, if you're going to make it happen. That's a great question. I mean, first of all, like figure out your phone scenario because I don't have service in Fire Island, which makes it an entirely different experience for me because I cannot, first of all, I can't figure out the directions of Fire Island. Yeah. I get very confused. I finally, the last time I was there after a week was able to navigate where I was, but like I get a really like completely turned on my ass. I'm fucked up. I'm, I'm yeah. fucked up when I'm there, but I'm also just bad at directions. So I feel like figuring out the lay of the land I think are you, you getting have confused to bring sort drugs. of yeah are you sort of confused about 
Are you confused about the walk, like the direction to Cherry Grove and, and the Pines? There are, well, that's impossible for me. I can't do that. And I will tell you, <laughs> the last time I was there, I was there for one night on my own. And I, Larry was meeting me the next day. I was like, well, I guess I'll go to Cherry's, see what's up. Of course, I find a group of um, lesbians not having fun. <laughs> well, at first, like, I've made gay friends and whatever. And on the boat over, I had met two guys who were doing the show, who are ultimately the heroes of the story. I meet these girls, and they're just having no fun at all. And I'm like, well, why don't you come to the Pines? It's your last they're night. They're openly saying, fucking like, sip and twirl. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, we haven't sucks. met anyone. We are leaving tomorrow. We really haven't done anything. And I'm like, okay, yes, sorry, the... Yeah. Generally, the women don't leave their houses as much, you know, totally. whatever. I'm being very kind. And so I was like, just let's get a boat back. Boats are done. Boats are done. It's a Thursday. They're oh, done running at so 12. So I'm ferry. like, oh my fucking God. I'm like, I'm trapped over on Cherry Grove. H- how am I going to get back? I'm wearing these shoes exactly. And <laughs> which for the listener is like a platform, a platform plastic flip flop. Yes. And <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So I find the guys from the boat and they're walking back to Pines. Thank you. God. So you have some shepherds. So I literally walk with them. So I think that is for me the number one challenge. And then just thinking about like whatever you have, it's kind of like Burning Man in the sense that like whatever you have, you have. Yes. This is for your week. And the lesson supplies. the lesson I learned in general without going into too much detail is like get more of anything you might need, bring more of bring it more. than 1, you think because when you run out, you run out. And you got to like, and that's true of sunscreen. That's true Mm -hmm. of like anything. Mm -hmm. But like when you bring it, you kind of have to really, Burning Man is a good comparison because it it has a similar vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And it seems like you're over preparing, but you actually can't. Absolutely. I think that they, okay, we're going to get into like the main question of the podcast in a second, but Mm -hmm. I just want to say this. They obviously just made the Fire Island movie. It's going to be incredible. I need a separate movie or, and or I will take Bravo reality show Mm -hmm. about those fucking girls that work at the Pines Pantry. Just about oh those God. teen girls yeah. and their dynamics and what they oh my see. God. Yeah. Or, and then add in the liquor store boys who have finally come around to letting me ride on their cars. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. I did. I very much saw. Um, Like the whole week we were there, I'm like, we're going to the same place. Let me sit on your dumb cart. And <laughs> Cole <laughs> is like, I can't, I'll get fired. And I'm like, no, you're not. And like, you're made of weed. What are you like? What are you <laughs> ridiculous? The second time I got there, I literally saw a guy and I was like, I'm getting on this. And he was like, okay. And I, I'm cruising around on a chariot for days. Amazing that I did not die. Like they are I I, reckless. Yeah. That, they're they're not made for humans. They're made for cargo, yeah. but I was on it and it was fantastic. I love that. Okay. So as someone who I associate with going out more than, Maybe anyone in my life. Mm-hmm. What yeah, does <laughs> what does going out mean to you? Mm. I mean, obviously, step one, you have to leave your apartment. Yeah. But let's take that back. Because philosophically, I feel like I've gone out and been at home. Yeah. So what is it? So, at the essence of it, what is it for you? No, I'm going to take that back. I think that. <laughs> like, no, you have to leave the house. You have to leave the house. You have to leave the house. Yeah. And like, I've had conversations with certain people in my life where, you know, everyone I think is always trying to figure out their balance with it because obviously you don't want to be out of control. I happen to be a person who it's difficult for me because it does put me in such a state where I'm not sleeping. I'm maybe like, quote unquote, not healthy physically, <laughs> whatever. But 
it gives me energy. So while I don't have maybe the normal kind of energy where you rest and regain energy, right? I am fueled by that other kind of energy. <laughs> right. So that to me is in the sense of almost like a working out or whatever, where I'm like, I know I'm going to do this and it's going to take yeah. a toll on my body in this way, but it's actually going to like reward me in a way. That's how I work with it. And I know that is not the case for everyone. Right. But to me, that's that's what going on is. And for you, are you able to delineate? I'm curious. As someone who, I'm also someone who goes out a lot. I prefer to be out of the house than in. I don't do that many like nights in. Mm, I want to be yeah. out. Is it, do you ever find yourself kind of wanting, to, assessing, do I want to go out tonight or am I afraid of what I'm missing? Like, is it the FOMO mm, or is mm. it the actual desire to leave? Because you I know, think that's a really interesting balance. It is. It is. And COVID was interesting for me because it was truly the first time where I experienced a complete lack of FOMO. Same. Wait, and Melissa, I was like, same. Whoa. And that was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> People were dying, but it was beautiful. Like, I feel like such <laughs> an me, idiot when I say that. My no, God. but it's okay. What you're saying, <sighs> the experience of the lack of, because yes, I don't know what happened. Know. I feel like this might have happened to you too. When I moved to New York, when I first overload. moved to New York, overload, but also like there was something crushing with the fact that like I didn't know people here yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where the spots were. I didn't have right. friends. I didn't have a network. And like that's the number one thing I need for happiness is like, it's why like when people are like, move to, are, are you going to move to LA? I'm like, what the fuck have I been doing in New York for, <laughs> for almost 10 years yeah. other than like making it so I never want to leave? You know what I mean? It's like, I need that network. I need to know like the four spots I can go right now and there mm -hmm. will be someone I know there that I can like catch up with. 100%. Like I just need that shit. And I didn't have any of that. And so being in New York, like I will never forget sitting in my first apartment in New York and knowing that there was 8 million people worth of shit going on. And I was like not connected to any of it. And I was like constant FOMO all the time. Yeah. And I think sometimes I'm still catching that where I'm oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like, it still feels like, why am I in New York if I'm not out? And yeah. it's hard because you kind of have the, when it was on so many levels, on career level, on social level, especially as comedians, when there was nothing, mm -hmm. it was like the first piece I'd known. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely felt that as well. And I think I did. I think I've always been able to stay in when I really want to and when I can like make that choice and whatever. I just like happen to need that. I think less than a lot of Same. people. Yeah. And when I really did get used to it though during COVID and I found I had my peace yeah. with it. That being said, when it was back, I was kind of like, let's go. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Totally. So now I think maybe, you know, just in getting older and whatever, I'm able to make peace more with missing things. 100%. And I think the pace of New York helps with that because the next thing is always around the corner and you're always going to have another fun night and it's always going to be, you know, relatively soon. Totally. And I also think once like, as you start to build out a life for yourself, and I think this is a big part of getting older where it's like, oh, I really know like my friend, I have like good friendships. I mm -hmm. have good connections. I'm like getting fulfilled by all of these things. You're you're chasing less. Like, well, it's I think that's an amazing point about going out is it's not just the activity all the time. No. Because most of the time it's not the activity, it's who you're with. A hundred percent. I'm going to say almost 100% of the time, unless you're at just like the coolest thing. Like you can be, you know... I don't know what part, you know, SNL after party or whatever. You know what I mean? Like something where you're just like, okay, this is like an event an and it's cool and 100%. experience. But generally it's who you're with. 
So like, those are the ones that do hurt me when I'm like, oh my God, I can't go to this. But like, I know my friends are there and I know it's going to be like a gorgeous heartfelt, like, yes, yes experience. Those are the ones that I think I feel like true FOMO about. I, yeah, I, when it's like, oh, this is going to be like the crew that I love mm-hmm. and it's going to be special. Those are the ones that yes. hurt the most. Yes. Because well, honestly, like there will always be, you get spoiled in New York with like, there's always going to be another show. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be another concert. There's always going to be another like ex- exhibition. Yeah. So it's like, you can, I mean, obviously like it, when like your favorites come to town, you, you got to go. But yeah. like, it is about when the alchemy of like oh everyone's schedules aligned and they're together and I'm the totally. one fuck who didn't get in <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst it's the worst but that's the beauty of having solid friendships and having good people around you is that like it will align again and those friendships are safe and yeah you will be able to enjoy them again because you are also like me where I think we both have we I think you and I both have a lot of very close friends who are not connected. Like you have Mm, different pockets of friend groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I'm the same way. And I think that comes from like your friends from when you were working in restaurants, your friends from just going to say service. I think well, because those bonds like, are so deep. Oh my God. Well, it is literal trauma bonds. Yeah. Wait, walk me through. Cause like, I actually don't know this about you. Like walk me through like a little more clearly, like your sure. service time. Well, service like moved me to New York because I was while I was a local cable sensation on the CW in Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> I was <laughs> moonlighting as a steakhouse waitress at the Capitol Grill, which is a chain now owned by the people who own Red Lobster. Fun fact. Uh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, it's, the quality has vastly changed, obviously. Darden Restaurant Corporation can suck a dick. Um <laughs> Sorry, I actually didn't even ask if we're like supposed to be clean on this, but I they'll bleep whatever they okay, want. Cool, but I think cool. love they're not going to hire me and then say I can't say suck a dick, you know? Totally, <laughs> that's literally my brand. <laughs> that's what I do. That's <laughs> my job, and I do it well. Um, yeah, so I'm working at the Capitol Grill. I'm of course, you know, 23, dating a bartender 10 years older than me, standard. Yeah, you have to, of course. So. <laughs> While you don't, I had to, you don't have you to. You don't have to. That's the thing. It's like you actually have to. You really a don't have to, guys. But um, things were different in 2010. To me, it did not feel like a choice. Yeah. Um, so I am, t- yeah, I just was like, enough is enough. I, you know, was either going to be on the news or whatever. I was doing stand up at the time. I was like, fuck it, moving to New York, pry myself away from my dad boyfriend. Um, and. Yeah, move here, transfer to Capitol Grill on 42nd and 3rd. Damn. By the UN. Yeah. So that's when, you know, I meet all of the dignitaries and Michelle Obama came in. And it was just like the most bizarre thing ever because I'm literally moved to New York and Grand Central is my work. Like I walk through Grand Central every day to get to the thing. Like I was just like, oh my God. It was insane. insane. So I was on Molly all around. Midtown East for like a year. It was like crazy. Like when I think of my early going out days, I'm like literally at a lot of Irish bars. Just like running around. With like guys in suits. I dated a couple investment bankers. Like it was so weird. Like bizarre. But like, did you live? Talk about the people. Where did you live at that time? Were you always in Brooklyn? I was in Brooklyn at the time. You're not in Brooklyn now. I don't understand that. My first apartment, well, I lived by you for a second in Crown Heights in my friend Abby's apartment while oh, I found an apartment, which was six Craigslist roommates and 
Greenpoint. <laughs> what? My friend was living across the hall and he's like, yeah, there's another one open. I was like, perfect. I'll just sign up with these fucking weirdos. Great. It was insane. G to the seven to get to work. G right? to the seven. Yeah. Or I'd walk across the Pulaski sometimes flipped <laughs> up entirely so I couldn't get to the seven and I just send a picture of the bridge to my manager and be like, bridge is up. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. <laughs> and honestly, I just had it on my phone. I'm like, if I was running late, I was like, just send up. the bridge. <laughs> the, they're like, bridge the bird, they're they're like, like that same bird is in the photo. Exactly, every time exactly. It's the same goddamn picture. <laughs> they were trying to fire me for so long. How long did you work there? It had to be at least a year and a half, I think, but they wanted me out the second I started. There's something, okay, the thing about, here's the thing, and we've we've touched on this a little bit. The most, it steakhouses and mm-hmm. steakhouse culture is. I love steak. I was, okay, it is <laughs> so emblematic of like everything disgusting in America <laughs> and everything evil, it and yet so it is grotesque. so fucking sexy. It's the it's, hottest. <laughs> I can't take it. I like, we literally, we should probably just start a podcast about steak. I don't know why we haven't done that. After this one, of course. Yeah, to to circle it back, in Fire Island, one day Melissa went to the Pines Pantry, came back with $165 of sirloin for the house, pre-tenderized. I was like, don't feel like you guys have to give me money for this. I know I just made this choice. And then also me, whose greatest fear in in this life is overcooked steak. Same. Literally. On Melissa, like a backpack while she's grilling it. You were, but like in a way that like I welcomed so yeah, much I was because like, I was like thank you for the stakes literally the stakes are high yeah. like I <laughs> cannot like fuck this up and I knew we had it but like your emotional support in the steak cooking was absolutely crucial. because it's like when you're cooking in a group everyone can get, kind of get kind of distracted or like whatever and like you know kind of be chill about it worst nightmare is cooking a steak for a bunch of people and knowing that it's overdone and watching everyone be like no it's not that bad Cause that will, no. I will jump off this goddamn roof. Like I, <laughs> that is horrible. And that, so I, but like everything was just in such like a flow state. I feel like in the house, I was like, I know they're going to be good. And they were so good. And they were fucking like, good. Steak houses. I've never worked in a steakhouse. Oh my God. But I know it's probably one of the most miserable places to work because well, just because yeah. like the clientele has got to be brutal. The clientele's bad. Well, this is the thing. It's like, there's always the opportunity to flip that on its head because, or at least this is my experience coming at it from a woman. And I think there's the guys who want like, uh, you know, beefy older guy to like sit and talk to him about marbling and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, I will talk to you about marbling for two hours. Like I knew everything, but they want, you know, like your classic, like, oh, plate of cocaine and your stick and your Don Draper bullshit. But like they did like when I would like dom them into ordering like a $400 bottle of wine or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they would get into it. They'd be like, oh, this girl's like showing me up or whatever. You know what I mean? Totally. But it took a lot of work to get to that. But I think I was also addicted to like that, like manipulation of the situation. Well, that's the only way you can survive jobs like that. And that's how I got off. Exactly. Yeah. So it was bizarre. And like, yeah, it's not, you're watching like all these like weird business deals go down and like, pharmaceutical dinners of yeah. like why do you die? like it's fucking people with escorts and like sugar daddy know, scenarios yeah. which like i obviously loved but like <laughs> it was like it was really weird did you go because i worked at like the italian restaurant version of that when i moved to new york i did not understand and was so shocked by how wealthy wealthy people are oh yeah like i was not and i'm sure you experienced, i don't know if you experienced the same thing i don't know if you had like if because maybe it wasn't as disparate from pittsburgh but like i remember like when i worked in 
Burlington, people would get pissed that like a margarita was over $10. Mm, and I would yeah. drop check. If I dropped a check over a hundred dollars, I was like, they're going to be pissed. Like, mm, even yeah. though they fully ordered everything, like people did not want to spend money there. It's like not a, a place for wealthy this, people. Though, my biggest tips like were in Pittsburgh. I got a thousand dollar tip one day at lunch. <sighs> I had just come. That's insane. <laughs> I had just gotten back from Bonnaroo. I was a little poor. <laughs> and this guy left me 500 just randomly. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people are actually more generous. In those spaces. In those spaces. And granted, like, people in Pittsburgh are generally really nice. No. Stuff. But you're right. People are expecting to spend money in New York. They are not as cool with it outside of I remember, New York. I just, all like, I remember, like, the first time I took, like, I was, like, casually taking, like, two, like, finance guys. I wanted, I would say bros, but they were definitely in their 50s. Mm. They just like very casually ordered this bottle of wine that I had never heard of before. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. And I like enter it in the computer, $4,000. It was $4,000. Four grand. And I like, I like didn't know what to do. And I like went up to a manager and I was like, this table just ordered a $4,000 bottle of wine. And they were like, and, and they were like, I was like, I don't know what to do. And they were like, go get the bottle. Like, and I was like, I was like, there's not like a form to fill out. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, this is insane. And then they literally just drank it. And then after that, they they tip on it. I think they did. I don't that's think that's like the biggest bullshit thing ever was. And that was actually something oh, yeah. that frustrated me so much because it goes into you your sales. Tip in wine. You're tipping out on those sales, which includes the wine. And if somebody doesn't include that in like their total for the you're tip, fucked. then you're just like getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. No, that shit sucks. There's so much that goes on in restaurant stuff that like people who have not worked in service obviously would have no idea about, but like they're committing major crimes by their behavior. And this is Dying. why we've never talked about this, but this is why we've fucked with going out with each other so much is because I don't have to worry. Like if you're going right. to be on your best behavior in terms <laughs> of the staff. Yes. You're always going to treat your server. Well, you're always going to treat your bartender. Well, of like course. you're not going to be a fucking problem to the staff. And like, if I ever go out with someone I don't know that well, and like that ever comes up, like we're never going out again. 1000%. There's nothing less attractive in a person, not even sexually, just like as a, an like a soul. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, watching you drink that horrible drink when we were at Bushwig. Remember they gave you, you saw him, I think, pour the, it was like just Sours Mix or maybe like Cointreau or something. You're like, oh I God. saw him grab triple the sec. Triple I got, sec, yes. I got a gin and soda at Bushwick and he made it with triple sec. And I was like, that's a triple sec and soda. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Like this man's been bartending Bushwick for 10 hours. Right. Like in no way, in no world am I sending back a drink. And I'm like in Bushwick, like you sucking this drink. He was like, taste this. And I was like, Jake, <laughs> you have to go back. I was like, I'll never You're do like, it. Like I can't, and that I respect that you are a beautiful soul. There would have to be and a full. I knew full, you wouldn't go back. I knew you wouldn't go back. Yeah, there would have to be a full rat tested positive for COVID in a drink for me to send it back. Like I'm never. And so you'd be like, listen, I'm in service too. I I never do this. I never, like, <laughs> there's a rat. No, like there's literally, like. I'll take it, like, I'll be disappointed. Like, if I order a gin martini and it gets shaken, I'm like, God damn it, it's fine. I'll drink it. Like, I'm not, like, I'm never going to cause an issue. I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. But that was maybe the one time where I was like, maybe I should have sent this back because I did not feel good after because it's all sugar. Like, a triple sip. It was soda crazy. I, so, and I the fact that you were that. just like still sipping on it, I was like, man, I respect this Billy. I, I could have thrown it away, so but crazy. I didn't. That's probably the bigger, the bigger mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because it was probably like $12. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But it, like, so walk me, walk me through, like, if you were to paint like a picture for like your ideal night out, mm. what does that look like? Oh my God. Okay. Well, lately I've been very into dining and I think that is just getting older and this kind of excuse that dining gives where 
you can get as fucked up as you want, <laughs> but it started in a very classy way. Because yes. you can be like, yes. how did we end up here? But like, really, you knew. So I'm going to say like, it doesn't even have to be steakhouse, but like, I would love to eat a steak. Gorgeous. That would be great. I don't feel, I literally, Larry and I went out. This was super indulgent and not normal, but Larry had a show at Duplex. We went to Boucherie. I have a steak and a steak tartare. After the show, <laughs> we go to Bouvet. We have another steak tartare. What is wrong with me? And your then your I cholesterol, went to that's what's wrong with you. Yeah, your no, literally. I, I actually have always had very high cholesterol. <laughs> and I just, like, from childhood, like, they're like, she They're oddly like, has high cholesterol. <laughs> and my mom was like, weird. You are like a Don Draper steakhouse man in like a petite woman's am. body. I am. I truly am. <laughs> She's like, I'm Lipitor. <laughs> I actually need to book Lipitor like as the face of Lipitor so I can be on that. It's like, wait, it's like the way... <laughs> It's like the way, like, okay, like, you probably don't get these targeted ads because you're not a gay man. Mm, the internet probably thinks you're a gay man, I, though. I think the algorithm that. probably does. Like, I get prep all there's the like time. Yeah. The prep ads and, the, like, the HIV medication ads, and they'll always, there's a there's one for Bic Tarvi right now, which, where they're, it's like a very mask man. And I'm uh, like, you're doing this to be like, look, even mask guys, like, it, I, right. there's like something like so homophobic about it, but it's like, you're, audi- you're like advertising to the opposite of what the demographic totally. is perceived to be. And it's like, that's you for Lipitor. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even femme skinny girls can have really shitty health inside. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, my point in telling you that is that I went to nowadays right after that and danced and everyone's like, I smell beef yeah. and it's sweaty Melissa <laughs> on the dance floor. It's literally me with meat sweats. <laughs> Disgusting. It's actually right. foul. I actually didn't think about anyone else in that scenario. I was like, look at me full of meat dancing. Well, it's also like if I were out with you, I'd be so pissed because it's like everyone's going to think it's me. Like you fucking <laughs> like you're like dancing away reeking of steak <laughs> and like <laughs> my like 226 foot pound. They're like, that guy smells like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's her. And she's on Lipitor. She's on Lipitor. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So maybe for like the good of the people, I don't have a massive steak before, but in my ideal world I do. And I don't smell like meat. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, like dinner, like group meetup in first, uh, like chill. Oh God. Sorry. First, a chill way. <laughs> it's like a church. <laughs> okay, so group okay, meetup. Group meetup. Um, you know, like maybe a cocktail first, and then like it, the excitement of a thing that we're going to be it. I love like going to a fancy place and being a complete idiot. My yes. friend and I went to the public hotel like three years ago on shrooms one night, <laughs> and. Well, actually, it's a hilarious story. It's my friend Kiki. and Who I'm was, dying to me. We need to go to Kiki's yeah, like immediately. Yeah, definitely. So it was her name day, which she's Greek. So the, it's the name Kiki, Kiriaki. It's the day of the name. We're on shrooms. And this tells you what year it is because we were meeting people. And she's like, I'm Kiki. And they're like, oh, like the song. And we're like, what song is this? Oh, my so God, it was the Drake the song. the day that the Drake song came out. And we hadn't heard it yet. And we're on shrooms. And so everyone's like, the song, the song, can you do that? And we're like, the fuck is going on? And Everyone's so like singing her name. Right? Yeah, we've she, they put it on. And just like to hear like that song while we were on shrooms, just not, it was 
crazy. And we're at the public hotel randomly. Yeah, you're in like randomly. a stunning and room. And I'm in like a Fila sweatshirt, sunglasses with the hood up, like, ah. You know? And like literally, I remember it was the World Cup. And we had been- Oh my God, this we like didn't mad go to libs of a day. Before. Yeah, we had not gone to bed the night before. England won and we were going nuts. This is honestly part of the reason I'm dating my boyfriend too. It was crazy. So whatever, we haven't even slept. And I remember her just saying like, let's go someplace fancy and fuck shit up. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I feel like that's part of my ideal night is like go someplace fancy, be out of place and run it. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like just be in a really good well, space that we love. Being around a bunch of stiffs and being like, what if we all loosened up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then like to follow that, I would say like, okay, let's leave and then go to the actual place with the vibe. You know what I mean? 100%. Like for the later hours, which are to me the best hours. I find it very difficult to like go out during normal business hours of going out. Like, have you tried to go to a bar just like- At like 6 stand- p.m.? No, oh. like at like 10 p.m. Like- when the public is out, like on a weekend night, I'm just like, this is like no, a it's nightmare. Hell. It's hell. And honestly, when I'm going out, like the first questions I ask myself are like, where do I know someone? Like either at the door or who's working there or whatever. 100%. Like, where do I have a hookup? Because that's the place to go. I feel the same way. So I feel like I would be going somewhere where I know someone who's at the door. I mean, like if I could go to like, if I'm time traveling in this, if I could go to like Paul's baby grand in like 2017 or something, like kind of before it like blew up or whatever, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Somewhere fun where I know the door and you know, the vibe is going to be great. Fucking, you know, China chalet, like Jesus Christ. Like if I'm time traveling, like someplace where the vibe is just like pinpoint perfect every time. The 10 PM thing is so true because it's like, and that's, I think that also comes from working in the industry is like, I'm you, you're when you're working during amateur hours, you're not out during amateur hours. And then you either like when you finally get your weekend night off or when you stop working in the industry and then you go out to a bar at 10 PM on a Saturday and you're like, what is this hell? Who lives in this city? And it's rookie hour. And it's like, that's like my worst nightmare is when I see a bar I love get promoted on TikTok. I'm like, it's over. It's over. Like, what am I going to, like, what is one to do? Because, and like, it is what you're saying of like, that's why there is something special about post 1230, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. The pros. It's, you get more into big leagues. Yeah. After one, one am. But you know what? Like what you're saying right now is kind of reminding me of coming around to the ticketed event. Like totally. this was the summer of buying tickets to things. Yes. And at first I was so not on board for that because A, I can't get my shit together to buy a ticket. B, like you're, sp- I hate paying a cover. Also, there's nothing worse than committing to a plan and then finding out something better is happening. There's actually of nothing course, worse. There's nothing of course. worse. But like once I kind of let go of like that or the idea that like, okay, I bought a ticket to this. I don't have to go to this. No, like, you can probably I can sell eat it. the 30 bucks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that was somewhat appealing to me by the end of the summer because it's not like there's not this hour thing where it's like we're in when we're in we paid to be here and blah 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 like well it's also like because i'm not waiting in a line Mm -hmm. for longer than 15 minutes like i'm not i'm not interested so i want to know someone at the door ideally Mm -hmm. or i want to have a ticket and i want to get in Mm -hmm. and you don't want there is something nice about having just a little bit of structure like these longer events that are like where you know like okay it's gonna be a show for an hour and there's a dance party after it's like i can mm, do that yeah. and if you get your 30 dollars and it's not if you're not feeling it then you leave you know but yeah having those like sort of structured things it's interesting because like 
you met me as the way I go out really changed because I mm. used to like before we met, I was not a late night girl. You would not catch me out at a out past midnight most nights. But you were bartending, right? I was bartending. I was bartending, which I think was part of it. I was like, when on my days off, like if we're going to go out, I was really pro like, let's meet at five and wrap it up at 11. That is very industry. It's very industry. It's also, I am, and I like it about myself, but sometimes I wish I wasn't. I am a morning person. Like, unfortunately, mm. I am a morning person. I prefer to be up at seven, like doing my shit. Um, but I'm also kind of a night. I'm not like one to go to bed early. Yeah. So I'm usually like in bed on like a, a non going out night. We're like in bed at midnight. We're up at seven. Yes. With- medium bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. I like to sometimes if I've had a few drinks, I really like to eat some prosciutto and sometimes that happens in bed. And this is another reason I bonded to you very quickly <laughs> is I will live on prosciutto ma- wrapped mozzarella alone. Just the little roll Yes. <laughs> I survive on those. The Fiorucci's. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, cause I used to be one of those people that was like, nothing good happens after 1am. Like there's mm. no point. Mm. Like you're not. And I'm like, I will only have fun after 1am. And, but what I learned from what I learned from you, honestly, and from that that whole crew is like, if you approach the night being like, we're in this for the long haul, mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. meeting up at eight and we're going to be in bed by four. Yeah. But we're in it for the long haul. There's something sort of like freeing about the, there's no, there's less pressure on each individual moment to be fun because you're more like you're in an experience, you wow. know, like you're. You can kind of keep everything chill. You're, there's less pressure to be like, we're out for two hours and then we're going out in. Right. There's more of a flow. There's more of an experience. And at the end of the, at the end of the night or even like the next morning, like looking back, you're like, whoa, we had like a whole day's worth of that night out. Yeah. Which is like more fulfilling instead of just being like, oh, we went to dinner and then we went home to be like, we met up for a drink. We went to dinner. We it's walked an around. It's an yeah. adventure. It's it, That's it. It's well, an adventure. And what you said is very profound and why I think it's difficult. And you talk about alchemy or like energies of like what creates a really fun night. And it is everybody being on board for the ebbs and the flows of the night. A hundred percent. Very difficult sometimes. And I think (laughs) to out, you know, myself, whoever, like comedians have a tough time with this because if a comedian isn't having fun for five minutes, it's like, this sucks. Okay, well I'm going to leave and whatever. Cause I think like, and it is not like a character flying comedians. I think it's like the way that we can like treat our time or like yes. the awareness of like, oh, I'm going to be hungover, then I'm not going to write, and then I'm not going to whatever. It's like such a full-time job that yes. like it's hard to feel like you're wasting time. And it can feel when you're in like a transitionary part of the plan of the of the night experience that you are like going to not have fun for a sec. Yes. It's going to lull. You're going to be waiting for someone. You're going to be wanting to move before you're moving or whatever. And it's like you have to deal with that also a lot of comedians are control freaks and i think that a key to a good night is a release of control you're literally in you're in the rapids and you need to let the water like move you where you're going and i think a lot of comedians struggle with that because like to do especially stand up is to like do be in complete control control and be getting a lot of um, attention in a space where you're in complete control of Mm. what you say everyone's watching you you can do things like almost like with mathematic precision and i think a lot of comedians don't actually have the best social skills because they're not really good at like the tit for tat. It's like mm. they do better when they're fully, when like, there's a role, when there's a role and it's their full output. Yes. And I think nights out can be really hard for those. I know. Types. And, and I really do like kind of feel like a responsibility to like push them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's something I've been working on personally. It's like, if a person says they don't want to go, let them not go. You I know will what I say mean? you have saved me from missing some good moments. Cause like, I remember, thank you. 
I've had a moment where I'm like, I'm going to bail. And then you're like, absolutely not. Get in this, like, well, on like location three of the night where I'm right. like, it's time for me to go home. And you're like, walk inside this like, bar right now <laughs> or you'll, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. And I'm like, right. okay, fine. And then right. I always had the best time. Yeah. I know. I remember looking at you several times and be like, stay for 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and then, then two then hours later, I'm like, well, thank yeah. God. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. It's so true. And I, th- yeah. And to do things that seem illogical, which like, um, us going to that rave and paying $40, $40. for the last like hour of it. Sure. Not like logical, but that was a but really was fun so hour. it was so fun. Brian's birthday. Yeah. It was a good hour. That was fantastic. That, or even my birthday, which I don't know if I dragged you to this. Um, I, I went could to the not Abba no Dance because party. remember yeah. famously on your birthday I did lose my cell phone you, in that <laughs> fucking nightclub. <laughs> okay, birthdays are such a goddamn nightmare in this way where it's like I'm like, what is a good plan for everyone where they're not going to have to pay a cover where I can get people? I'm in throwing a birthday party whatever. in two weeks. Oh it's my hell. god, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hell. absolutely insane. We already had to change the location. I want to die. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, I. I don't think you have to do anything for a long time is another thing. Like, yeah. you know, like you, you place, love a location place. change. Movement, movement, movement. That's one of my <laughs> going out. <laughs> what was the night out recently? Nate talks about this all the time where he was like, we went to the Rosemont and it was off. And before we were oh, maybe yeah. there for 15 minutes and you're like, I called the car and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And we just I like, I didn't even a, ask anyone. I was nope. like, I booked an XL. And we're it, leaving. <laughs> we're leaving. And the location had already been decided. I think we were at like $3 bill within the hour. Yes, like, was, I couldn't, within the I half couldn't hour. look at our faces. Cause that was after Azealia Banks. Like we had That's just experienced something like pretty iconic. And I was like, I can't let us look at each other and like dance half-heartedly to like, no, not yeah, even was, Charlie XX or something fun. Like it was just like the music was off. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like not, it was not right. And you knew it. <laughs> and I got us out. And you got us out. It was so iconic. <laughs> I love, I think starting with a meal, mm. starting with a meal. And for me, starting with a cocktail before the meal, I've recently been saying oh, this. Oh God, yeah. I think my favorite feeling in the world, this is <laughs> one of my favorite feelings in the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is when you've had two drinks and then you're like it's time for dinner like you're a little buzz you're like a little buzz and you kind of like forgot it's almost like it's almost the same thing like do you know when you forget you order dessert and then dessert shows up and you it's literally the best thing in the world it's kind of like when you forget that you haven't had dinner it's like you forget you haven't had dinner yet because you've had two cocktails and then you're like i need dinner right now and then you do it I don't know why i associate this with like suburbia but like the feeling of like okay let's get a drink at the bar while we wait for our table you know what I mean? Oh like, my God, it's heaven. Stunning. Yes, it's heaven. It's so funny to associate it with I don't know. suburbia, like Applebee's. Yeah, or like <laughs> something, I don't know why. Not necessarily Applebee's, though I did just go to the Applebee's in Times Square. Why? Um, <laughs> I feel I filmed something at Caroline's and we were, the show was inexplicably at 5 p.m. So Bizarre. we're out by seven and starving. Hungry, yeah. Look to our right. Applebee's. I was like, fuck yeah. And of you the know, Times Square properties, I think I would probably choose Applebee's. Well, have you been to, <laughs> I hate where this is going. Have you been to Bubblegum Bubble Shrimp Co? I have never been to Bubblegum Shrimp Co. Talking about me getting free shots. Oh my God. <laughs> I have gotten many, because you can sit at the bar and do trivia and they give you shots. At when all you get times there's right. trivia at Bubblegum? Or Every time I've been there, babe. How? <laughs> the twist <laughs> I, that you are a regular at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. I'm not a regular. <laughs> I've just been there, I think, more than most people. I've been there, like, a small handful of times. I My sister likes it. I had one friend do, like, a, I don't know who it was, but they did, like, a bop around. Talk about an expensive birthday party. Uh, 
chain restaurant crawl in Times Square. Who the fuck did that? I don't know, but I know I went to that like early New York days. I went to that. You just have like, you tried like six different $37 chicken piccatas. That's insane. No, it was like, I didn't eat anything. No. I was like, I'm not paying that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm paying $13 for like a Bud Light. I'm not buying food on top of this. Whatever. I used to get paid. We don't have to talk about Times Square. Jesus Christ. I used to be a secret shopper for a restaurant group. It was the sickest. Oh my God. It was the sickest fucking gig I've ever had and probably will ever had. Jake. (laughs) I have, I can't believe you never told me this. Wait, listen to the gig. Cause it sucks that it's gone now. Like it ended because of COVID and hasn't come back. But, and now, well, now I'm on, on a podcast saying I was a secret shopper, so I probably can't do it anymore. Right, right. But <laughs> it was so sick. It was this restaurant group in New York. And here's what they would do. I was, they would send me an email being like, every week they would send me to a, it was like, it was like probably like three times a month. You were service and you did that. Because to me, I'm like, these they, are the demons of the underworld. No, so they wanted service people right, to right. do it. Did I ever report anyone for doing anything? Not. No, I mean, not. the thing was, the main thing you were looking for was theft. Like, are they oh. stealing? Because what you had to do is, so I would basically once a week, I would go to one of their restaurants. They would tell me which one to go to. I could bring one friend and spend a hundred dollars. Oh my God. And the thing was you had to pay in cash and then make sure that they gave you a receipt with like everything rung in and the correct change. Because when you pay cash at a bar, because, and I had to sit at the bar because it's really easy as a bartender to like pocket the cash and yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was mostly checking that. And I was like, I feel, I wouldn't feel as guilty reporting someone for, I'm still not going to know. I would have never reported anyone to be perfectly honest. I never saw. I would have for theft. I guess I would would feel Maybe not actually. Because like every bartender is stealing from you. Like, I think that's like one of the guarantees in life is like, if you hire a bartender, like they're going <laughs> to, I think so. At least they're going to give a free drink away or something like, and yeah, which is a form of like stealing, something. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It Maybe depends not. on the policy. Like, I mean, like at my, my last gig before I stopped, like we were allowed to give stuff away. So I wouldn't call that stealing, but right, like right, right. it was, yeah, I don't know. But like, I know what you mean, but like, so I would go spent a hundred dollars. And then the next day I just had to write a report that was just the timestamp. So when everything happened, so I would be like Amazing. sat at seven fifteen, um, f- drink order at seven eighteen. drink arrived at seven twenty. food order. Like I just had to do that. Mm. And then they would reimburse me the hundred dollars and then pay me $125. Hell yeah. So I would, it was so sick. It was That's such a sick gig, but the gig. one downside was one of their restaurants was Guy Fieri's kitchen and bar. Oh wow. In Times Square. So you've been there. Dozens of times, bad. like literally. And there was a terror where that was the only one they were sending me to. And like one time my friend got like violent diarrhea before we even left the restaurant. Like he got sick. Like as we were leaving, he was like, oh my God, wait. And like, the food there. The thing is, like, the is food- it called Flavor Town or no? No, it's called Guy's American Kitchen and Bar. Oh, okay. I think it's gone now. He should it's call gone. it Flavor Town. He should What's call it Flavor Town. The nachos were <laughs> good. No, oh, okay. they were they were red white they were red white and green tortilla chips uh-huh. like the Italian flag. Oh, wow. with provolone, marinara, pepperoncini, and pepperonis. No, <laughs> but like actual tortilla chips, but not like-, like salted tortilla chips. They were. Jesus Christ. Hell, like they that were. That is a. I ordered the nachos because you had to get food, because like otherwise I would just get the booze. And it's like booze is fine anywhere, you right, know what I mean. Right. But we had to get the food, and like the first time we got the nachos, and I didn't even read the description. I was just like, oh, I'll just grab the nachos. They arrived, and I was like, this well, who is who puts marinara and calls the, it nachos? It was, I mean, and like then the audacity to be like, well, it's fusion. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
culture. That's what it's no, called. But my tour of a my tour of being a uh, secret shopper was truly oh God. one of my greatest gigs. That's awesome. It was That's a really good gig. It was so good. Um, okay, gorgeous. Um, I guess to wrap up because mm-hmm. unfortunately we have come to the end. This went by so fast. I feel like we could we literally. Do. I- <laughs> uh, yes, I could be here for days. Um, if. Okay, because you're someone, we didn't really get into it, but, like, you were, like, on the scene in Pittsburgh, and then you were, like, on the scene in New York. Like, you've really found yourself a crew and a space, and you have your spots. Mm -hmm. If someone's, like, new to a city or, like, new to, or just, like, wanting to kind of, like, establish that more, like, what is your, what's your, like, pro tip? (laughs) I mean... Find the gays. That's, <laughs> that's uh, how it's happened for me. Um, uh, yeah, I think that like, I mean, working at a restaurant, I think is the fastest the way to make way. friends. Oh, 100%. 1000%. I think as far as like going out, it's like, don't be afraid to go out alone or like, you know, just make friends that you like enough to go out with. And then like, if they leave, stay. I know that sounds crazy, but like I have a lot of memories in Pittsburgh of like times where I really had great nights. My friends literally left and I would stay and just like dance. Yeah. And I feel like it like enriched my life and my experience in Pittsburgh to the point where I was meeting people that way. Totally. Because like you were doing what you night. wanted. Exactly. And like staying on your own path, even if you are by yourself because I think that's going to lead you to people who are like really a good match for you because you are doing what you want to be doing. Totally. I, I, you're, you kind of just blew my mind because I've had people ask me that question before. Like, how do you make friends in a new city or like how, like what would be your advice for that? And like, I would be like, if I'm realizing now, like if you, depending on what your job is, mm-hmm. if you have like a little extra time, if you're, if you're bored because you don't have friends and you don't have a life yet, find a restaurant or bar with a good vibe and see if they need a server like one night a week. Yeah. Like I actually yeah. think that that is a good. Oh my God. To bartend one night a week. I mean, it, it's kind of the dream. Yeah. It's kind of the dream. Cause like, I think the, the negative of the restaurant is like kind of the suction that happens. And that's why it's one night a week will turn into three before the end of the month. And that's the And problem. that is unfortunate. But if you really could truly do one night a week, that would be really fun. It would be really fun. Um, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Uh, So much fun. All right, everyone come see Melissa and I at bars around New York very soon. (laughs) (laughs) Both performing and drinking. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seasai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 